the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Before we get to the wilderness road between Jerusalem and Gaza, there's another road between Jerusalem and Emmaus. Two disciples are walking along together in shared grief over the death of Jesus when they're joined by an unknown traveler who walks alongside them, who asks them what they're talking about. The mystery traveler doesn't try to monopolize the conversation or point out their flaws, certainly not criticize their grief, but instead he gently begins explaining the scriptures to them. This is not a conversion story, it's an accompaniment story. A story of walking together, talking together, and sharing a meal together, at which the disciples suddenly recognize who their traveling companion is, when he blesses and breaks the bread in their presence, an ordinary ritual act of table grace, almost mundane, but a profound experience of resurrection and companionship with each other. A line from a recent hymn text based on this story puts it this way, in the broken bread we recognize your presence in the stranger's guise. And so from the Emmaus Road to the Wilderness Road, we encounter another story of this kind of companionship, of recognizing the presence of Christ in the stranger's guise. 
Now, many of us might know this story as the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, and that's not wrong. There is conversion here, but it goes both ways. The eunuch is baptized, immersed in water, and initiated into Christian community. But Philip, too, experiences a kind of conversion, just as remarkably. It's not as obvious because it happens precisely in what is not said. In the stunning silence after the eunuch's question, look, here is water, what is to prevent me from being baptized? Not only does Philip not have an answer, but it's the eunuch who commands the chariot to stop, taking bold initiative in this mutual conversion experience. For Philip's part, I'd like to imagine his answer was precisely in that silence. In his act of baptizing a foreigner, an outsider, someone he least expected to encounter, recognizing Christ in the presence of a stranger. This story is as much about the conversion of Philip as the conversion of the eunuch. The explosive, spirit-filled expansion of Philip's worldview about who gets to be included in the communion of the church. As that same hymn refrain continues, as companions on the way, let us live the words we pray. With the ones the world has turned away, let us walk with Jesus. This is another Emmaus story, a story of accompaniment and companionship that doesn't monopolize the conversation or criticize the other or tell them why they're wrong, but enters into the chariot, sits alongside them, and speaks in a conversation marked more by questions and curiosity and wondering than by answers. Accompaniment and companionship take a genuine interest in the life of the other, walking alongside them, walking the way of Jesus, the way that expands to make space for the ones the world has turned away. What is to prevent me from being baptized? What is to prevent me from being loved by God? What is to prevent me from experiencing the fullness of Christian community? It's true that there is a lot that gets in the way, and the answers to those questions are numerous. I don't have enough faith or believe the right things. I don't pray the right words. I'm not good enough, not worthy enough. I still have doubts and worries and fears. All of these things and more flood our minds in the silence immediately after the question. But when those thoughts are stilled and the questions left ultimately unanswered, the silence itself 
speaks volumes. As one theologian writes, the silence is thundering and gorgeous and seismic and writes because the answer to the question is silence. The answer, the only answer is nothing. In this post-resurrection world, in the world where the Spirit of God moves where and how she will, drawing all of creation to herself, in the world where the Word lives to defeat death, alienation, isolation, and fear, there is nothing to prevent a beloved image-bearer of God from entering into the fullness of Christ's salvation. Nothing whatsoever. Indeed, there is nothing to prevent the eunuch from being baptized, from being loved unconditionally by God, from experiencing the fullness of Christian community, not his ethnicity, not his gender or sexual identity, not his doubts or lack of understanding, nothing. And there is nothing to prevent Philip from doing the baptizing, from welcoming an outsider in, from letting the Spirit do what the Spirit does best. The Spirit clears away everything that gets in the way and topples barriers for the eunuch and for Philip. A mutual conversion, not for its own individual sake, but for the sake of being drawn together as companions on the way, of being drawn deeper and deeper into beloved community. People of God, know this. There is nothing you can do to prevent you from being loved unconditionally by God. And there is nothing that can prevent you from experiencing the fullness of the kind of resurrection community that God calls us into. Because the good news of Easter and the good news of resurrection and new life means that none of the things that get in the way will ever get the last word. Alleluia, Christ is risen.